Chapter thirty seven of Esther Waters. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Esther Waters by George Moore. Chapter thirty seven. On Sunday, as soon as dinner was over, Esther had intended to go to East Dulwich to see Mrs. Lewis, but as she closed the door behind her, she saw Sarah coming up the street. Ah, I see you're going out. It don't matter. Won't you come in, if it's only for a minute? No, thank you. I won't keep you. But which way are you going? We might go a little way together. They walked down Waterloo Place and along Pall Mall. In Trafalgar Square there was a demonstration, and Sarah lingered in the crowd so long that when they arrived at Charing Cross, Esther found that she could not get to Ludgate Hill in time to catch her train, so they went into the embankment gardens. It had been raining, and the women wiped the seats with their handkerchiefs before sitting down. There was no fashion to interest them, and the band sounded foolish in the void of the grey London Sunday. Sarah's chatter was equally irrelevant, and Esther wondered how Sarah could talk so much about nothing and regretted her visit to East Dulwich more and more. Suddenly, Bill's name came into the conversation. "'But I thought you didn't see him any more. You promised us you wouldn't.' "'I couldn't help it. It was quite an accident. One day, coming back from church with Annie—that's the new housemaid—he came up and spoke to us. "'What did he say?' "'He said, "'How are ye? Who had thought of meeting you?' And what did you say? I said I didn't want to have nothing to do with him. Annie walked on, and then he said he was very sorry, that it was bad luck that drove him to it. And you believed him? I dare say it is very foolish of me, but one can't help oneself. Did you ever really care for a man? And without waiting for an answer, Sarah continued her babbling chatter. She had asked him not to come after her. She thought he was sorry for what he had done. She mentioned incidentally that he had been away in the country, and had come back with very particular information regarding a certain horse for the Caesarewitch. If the horse won, he'd be all right. At last Esther's patience was tired out. "'It must be getting late,' she said, looking towards where the sun was setting. The river rippled, and the edges of the warehouses had perceptibly softened. A wind, too, had come up with the tide and the women shivered as they passed under the arch of Waterloo Bridge. They ascended a flight of high steps and walked through a passage into the strand. I was miserable enough with him. We used to have hardly anything to eat, but I'm more miserable away from him. Esther, I know you laugh at me, but I'm that heartbroken. I can't live without him. I'd do anything for him. He isn't worth it. That don't make no difference. You don't know what love is. A woman who hasn't loved a man who don't love her, don't. We used to live near here. Do you mind coming up Drury Lane? I should like to show you the house. I'm afraid it'll be out of our way. No, it won't. Round by the church and up Newcastle Street. Look, there's a shop we used to go to sometimes. I've eaten many a good sausage and onions in there, and there's a pub where we often used to go for a drink. The courts and alleys had vomited their population into the lane. 
Fat girls clad in shawls sat round the slum opening, nursing their babies. Old women crouched in decrepit doorways, fumbled their aprons. Skipping ropes whirled in the roadway. A little higher up, a vendor of cheap ices had set up a store and was rapidly absorbing all the pennies of the neighborhood. Esther and Sarah turned into a dilapidated court, where a hag argued the price of trotters with a family leaning one over the other out of a second-floor window. This was the block in which Sarah had lived. A space had been cleared by the builder, and the other side was shut in by the great wall of the old theatre. "'That's where we used to live,' said Sarah, pointing up to the third floor. "'I fancy our house will soon come down. When I see the old place, it all comes back to me. I remember pawning a dress over the way in the lane. They would only lend me a shilling on it. And you see that shop? The shutters is up, it being Sunday. It is a sort of butcher's, cheap meat, livers and lights, trotters, and such like. I bought a bullock's heart there, and stewed it down with some potatoes. We did enjoy it, I can tell you. Sarah talked so eagerly of herself that Esther had not the heart to interrupt her. They made their way out into Catherine Street, and then to Endell Street, and then going round to St. Giles Church, they plunged into the labyrinth of Soho. "'I'm afraid I'm tiring you. I don't see what interest all this can be to you.' "'We've known each other a long time.' Sarah looked at her, and then, unable to resist the temptation, she continued her narrative. Bill had said this, she had said that. She rattled on until they came to the corner of Old Compton Street. Esther, who was a little tired of her, held out her hand. "'I suppose you must be getting back. Would you like a drop of something?' "'It is going on for seven o'clock. But since you're that kind, I think I'd like a glass of beer.' "'Do you listen much to the betting talk here of an evening?' Sarah asked as she was leaving. "'I don't pay much attention.' but I can't help hearing a good deal. Do they talk much about Ben Johnson for the Caesar rich? They do, indeed. He's all the go. Sarah's face brightened perceptibly, and Esther said, Have you backed him? Only a trifle, half a crown that a friend put me on. Do they say he'll win? They say that if he don't break down, he'll win by half a mile. It all depends on his leg. Is he coming on in the betting? Yes, I believe they are now taking twelve to one about him. But I'll ask William, if you like. No, no. I only wanted to know if you had heard anything new. End of chapter 37